Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Sheree Felice, and this week I am speaking with John Groot, a man who has gone on an amazing journey around the entire island by foot, and has now written a book entitled "Taiwanese Feet" about his adventure. So I'd really like to hear about your journey walking around Taiwan and the inspiration behind the journey and what made you embark upon it. Absolutely, sure. I'd love to do that. Um, well, just to give the listeners an idea of uh, what the journey was, it was a a walking project where I walked around the entire coastline of Taiwan in sections. So I didn't do it in like one big. Trip of several months, but I did it over a period of years, and it's 83 separate walks. So when I was close to where I live in Danshui, I would just hit the road. I'd take a bus to a point where I stopped the day before, and I'd walk for the day, and then I would take the bus back. As I got farther from Taipei, that was more difficult, so I would go down by train and spend a night in a hotel or two nights in a hotel and walk along the entire coastline in sections. So. The whole thing, the whole north coast, east coast, south coast, and the west coast. What inspired me was, I guess, it was kind of like a little adventure, a comfortable version of some of the more remarkable adventures I've read about, like people paddling a canoe from Canada to the Amazon River, and other people who walked uh, across Antarctica and did these kind of epic journeys. I used to love to read about these epic journeys, and I thought I would try something like that, but on a much smaller scale, of course, much more comfortable. Well, another thing was that, like most travelers. People travel. They want new experiences. They want some feeling of excitement and adventure. And after I'd been in Taiwan for like six years, I really loved it. But I was starting to feel that it was becoming comfortable and sort of you know feelings of sameness. And I wanted to do something different. And I also wanted to do something that made me feel that I kind of made my bones. I sort of earned a, a connect Taiwan. So that's what the the title means. Taiwanese feet. So I guess I'm not Taiwanese because I'll always be a foreigner. But after walking on the island, I consider that my feet, at least, are Taiwanese. Wow, that's beautiful, actually. Where are you originally from? From Canada, and our family moved around Canada quite a bit. So I guess. I like to say that the two places I most identify with in Canada are Montreal and Vancouver. Oh, okay, okay. And what originally brought you to Taiwan? I guess it was just a wanderlust, just a desire to travel. And my whole family had been a traveling family, especially my dad had traveled a lot when he was younger, and had been in the, the British Army just after World War II, the Air Force rather, and took the family to Lesotho in southern Africa, where we did social economic development work. And then later on, when he retired, he, he and my mother moved to India, and then later to Venezuela. So it's kind of a traveling family. And I had a friend who had lived in Taiwan, and she said, "Wow, it's a great place. The people are friendly. You can find work. It's a great place to go." So I thought, "I'll, I'll try to go live in Taiwan for a couple of years, see if I like it." And that was back in 2001. And you haven't left since. No, I've been on visits, but no, I've resided in Taiwan continuously since then. Wow, that's incredible. So let me ask you: You said it took a few years for you to complete. The project because you did the walk in segments, correct? That's correct. Yes, it took eight years. I started November nineteenth, two thousand six, and I finished June fourth, I believe, two thousand and fourteen. So over eight, eight year period. And the reason why it took so long, people think, "Wow, why didn't you just do it in one go, or why didn't you get it done sooner?" But I found that as I got farther. From Taipei, the walks,、uh, getting the logistics were more difficult to get done. Like imagine you have to get down to southern Taichung 
and walk for a few days and then get back. It's, it takes a bit of organizing. And I was by myself most of the time, so it, it was a bit lonely. And sometimes I just didn't want to go. I just said, oh, I don't want to go walk by myself for days at a time alone. But then I would get my courage back up and go do it. And eventually did get it done, but it did it did tend to take longer than I thought. Was it your decision to do the journey by yourself? Was it more of an, a spiritual journey that you decided that you needed to embark on your own? Or had you wished you had a partner to do it with you? Well, that's an interesting question. Basically, I wanted to mainly do it by myself, but I was really happy when somebody would come along with me for the day. But mainly, I had to do it by myself. On a few walks, my wife came with me, and then there was one friend, Da Wei, uh, a lovely Taiwanese man who came down and did one section, which is a patch of shoreline, which is technically off limits. You're not supposed to walk it. So part of the old military restriction zone on the, the southeast part of the island. During your eight-year journey, were you working a full-time job as well? Well, I'm an English teacher, and also I do other forms of travel writing. That's why I did it in stages, was because if I had left my job for, I guess it would have taken me, you know, two to three months to do the entire thing in one go, uh, approximately two to three months. So if I'd done that, I would have lost my job. It's very difficult to get a leave of absence for that length of time. So I did it in stages, yeah. So I was working full-time, and I would just do this on weekends, and occasionally take a day off from work, like a Friday or a Monday or something like that. Oh, okay. And now, are you still an English teacher now? Yes, I'm an online English teacher, so I work from home. And I did that so that I do have afternoons free to study Chinese and work on other writing projects. So, what was the longest period of time you were away? The longest time I was away would be just probably three nights. Okay, so, wow, this is very interesting. So, you did this eight-year journey walking around Taiwan in kind of like the longest period in three-day segments, correct? That's right, yeah, that's right, exactly. Okay, would you say that the journey is doable for anyone who would consider wanting to do it, or do you need extensive experience hiking and knowledge of the wilderness and stuff like that? Well, I'd say most people could do it, but they would have to prepare for it. I mean, there's some sections which are just really challenging to do, like the section along the Suhoa Highway is quite difficult because, of course, I didn't want to just walk along the side of the highway. And then there's also there's some tunnels that don't have sidewalks that it can be quite dangerous. So when I did the Suhoa Highway, I discovered something, which is that there's been several generations of roads along this throughout the Hualien Highway. And originally they were trails created by the Formosan Aboriginal tribes and communities that lived there, such as between Dongao and Nanao and Ivan. And they would have a, a trail, which is now like a national trail. And later on, the Qing Dynasty connected those trails and widened them and made them into a system where they could troops along. And then when the Japanese came, they built the original Suhuang Road. But as you know, recently, I believe just last year, a new highway further inland from the cliffs has been opened. Mm. And the reason for that is those cliffs are active zones. They're not stable. It's not easy to have a road there. And roads will just fall off the mountain. There's always landslides, mudslides, or undermines. And then they say, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Let's build a tunnel like 100 meters inland, and we'll put the new road there. And, but they leave the old road sections there. So I, I spent a lot of my time wandering around these weird old bits of road. Some of them, they, they would go along, and they just they would disappear. And then you had to go back. Oh, wow. And uh, so that, that was challenging. And then also walking around some of the coastline, the only feasible way to do it is to walk by the road, which can get kind of boring. I don't know if I would recommend a whole around the island trip by foot to anyone, but I would say that there are certainly sections which are beautiful to walk 
And the best example of that would be the um, Highway 11, which is, you know, the most people when they drive from Hualien to Taichung will take Highway 9, they'll go through the, the Rift Valley. And that's where the train line goes and the, the big, big highway goes there. But there's another road that I'm sure you're familiar with, most people know about, it's Highway 11 that goes on the coastline. And that is absolutely beautiful. Oh, wow. And there are little, little fishing villages and campgrounds, and it's safe. There's not too much traffic. Fantastic sunrises in the morning. You can see the stars at night because there's no, there's no big cities. And that section, I think, is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so I, I would say, I guess anyone could do this walk. I wouldn't recommend it. But I'd say that there's certainly some sections that people like to do walking trips that uh, that would be... My number one pick would be Highway 11, that part there. So you say you went around the island. Did you do anything in the middle or anything crisscrossing at all? No, I, I want to do that. In the future, I would like to do walks where I go from the west coast to the east coast, like maybe following up a river and then going into the mountains and, you know, if possible, connecting to existing hiking trails and then going down and, say, starting off, for example, in Pindong and coming across, ending up in Taidong on the other side, something like that. But no, it was a coastal walk. Uh, just a couple times for my mental health to break the boredom. There's a couple of sections where I went inland a little bit, like in Miao Li. I just got tired of constantly following beaches. I just went inland for a few days. No, that's unknown. That's completely understandable. Would you say that most of your nights spent in tents, or were they spent in hotels for the most part? They were spent in cheap hotels, and I can claim to have a pretty good knowledge of the cheap one-star hotels in Taiwan, and often, like, in a little dusty little town, I, you know, I'd stagger into town covered in dust and quite exhausted, look around for a hotel, and sometimes it'd be little family guest hosts, Min Su, which were usually pretty nice. They were at least clean and kind of homey, and, you know, there'd be the family there, oh, come on in, it was a nice evening. But other places, there would be these really, really old cockroach hotels, and they were pretty grim, and I'd just sit there, and I'd, I'd watch TV in this hotel room. But after walking all day, it was easy to get to sleep. <laughs> so the majority of people who come to Taiwan describe the country as one of the safest countries they've ever been to. Yes. Did you experience any harrowing ordeals on your trip or any time where you felt unsafe while you were doing your journey? There were definitely a few times where I felt that the situation didn't feel that safe. One time in Dali Fishport, I was talking to some fishermen and one of the guys told his friend in Taiwanese that he wanted to kill me. He was going to shoot me. I think he was just joking. He was just joking around. He was just like a rough guy. Didn't like foreigners for whatever reason. But you know, if someone says they want to shoot you and you don't know who they are, they're not like your friend just having a joke. It makes you feel a bit strange, right? Exactly, um, yeah, yeah. The scariest thing that actually happened to me was when I was walking on one of the these old sections of the Suha Road, the abandoned sections, and it was maybe three quarters of the way up the cliff, so there was cliff going up. I couldn't see the top, but I knew there was cliff there. Going up maybe three or 400 meters on my right side and going down to the ocean maybe about 700 meters. And I was walking along and there was trees on the left side of the road on the slope cliff going down to the ocean. And this rock had come hurtling down from up in the cliff and smashed into the top of a tree and just exploded the tree, just turned it into like matchsticks, right? And then, oh, I didn't even see the rock hit. I just saw the top of a tree explode, but there was no explosion sound. There was no like detonation of explosives or anything like that. It just suddenly went into matchsticks. And then I heard the rock just boom, 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 going down the mountain slope. And that scared the hell out of me. 
that was just so random. Oh my God. And violent. And this rock, I don't know how big it was, but to take it up the top of this tree, it was probably about a hundred kilograms or something like that. And yeah, it's a, that's a risk. I mean, it's not a place. I mean, there's signs saying warning of falling rocks. Definitely, that's a real hazard in that area. Wow. Wow. So, it's been eight years, well, probably longer, since you've written your book. What has this journey taught you about yourself? Okay, well, just for a point of information, the book just came out. I mean, the book took almost as long as the walk, because I'd never written a book before. What I learned, though, is about project planning. It's like, if you want to do something, if you want to do an adventure, or some kind of, you know, slightly adventurous journey, or write a book, plan it properly. I sort of did it on a whim. It wasn't for work. Or uh, do something that's finances, or something like that. But for this trip, I didn't plan care in advance and for doing the book. So I realized that these things take a lot of planning, but I did learn how to do a trip and how to write a book. In the future, I will do something like this again, and I hope to do it better. How long did it take you to plan your journey? About five or six months. The idea just came to me. Now, I, looking back, I can see the roots of this idea and other things that I've thought or read or discussed with people, right? But I don't know how this idea came to me. Just one day, I just thought, Hmm, maybe I'll walk around the entire coastline of Taiwan. And I was telling people, and I told my wife, and she's like, what? No, that's a crazy idea. Don't do that. Hmm. And I told other people, and they're like, what? Are you serious? Mm -hmm. And I suppose in a strange way, because everyone thought it was not doable, this almost brought out some kind of stubbornness in me. And that's almost sort of ended up motivating me to do it. So then I set out, like, a, a few months later, I guess I was thinking about it. It was the summer, you know, sweltering hot, 35-degree day, so I just waited until the fall. Uh, so I thought of the idea in the spring, firmed my plans in the summer, and then set out in the autumn when the temperatures were a bit more reasonable. Mm, makes sense. And what was more difficult to do, the journey or writing the book? Oh, that's, that's a difficult one. I would say the journey was the most difficult because it had to be completed. And the most difficult section was just farthest from home and on the west coast, like going down to Kandang, you can imagine, it's kind of fun. Kandang, it's a party town, there's restaurants and bars and beaches, it's beautiful. And then all the way up to basically Fang Liao in, in Pindong was quite charming, not quite as beautiful, but pretty good. After that, from Fang Liao to basically Lugang, the coastline is marshy and there's no distinct coast. You have to follow various kind of walls and routes and roads to get around. And it's not very beautiful. I mean, it's not extremely ugly, but it's not the sort of place you would go and have a picnic, right? Mm -hmm. I did that, and I just had to grind my way through it, just grind my way through it, grind my way through it. So when I finally finished, I was writing the book and saying, oh, this is taking forever. Why can't I think of an idea? How long is this going to take? I developed a way to finish the book which is that finished my walk. It took me too long, but I finished it, so I'm going to finish the book. I'm going to use the same principle. I'll just keep going until it's done. And having done the walk made doing the book uh, a lot easier. I was lucky because I had a blog, which is no longer active. Uh, I had a blog where I would write down each day's walk and take photographs. So I had the raw materials for a book. So I had a lot of material. But as you can imagine, the structure of a blog it's very different than the structure of a book, so I had to adapt the material. That was challenging for sure. Of course. And so your book has already been published. When is yes, it ready for sale? It is for sale now. Now there's two editions of the book. I mean, they're the same book. One is a special print run that is available in only in Taiwan, and that can be purchased by contacting me at the, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash taiwanese.feet. And that, that anyone can send me a message there, ask questions, whatever they want. Uh, they want to order the book, I will sell it to them by mail or whatever. The Amazon version is being delayed because Amazon is maxed out 
because they're doing deliveries for of essential things to people stuck at home with the coronavirus. So it's actually, I mean, I, I can't even order a book from Amazon right now, even a book that's been for sale for years. So that version is going to take a little bit longer. But when that information becomes available, when the Kindle version becomes available, right away I'll, I'll put it on the, the Facebook page and update people. Facebook.com forward slash Taiwanese.feet. You go right to the side, you'll see a picture of me walking on the beach and all book-related information. Anyone can check it out if they're interested or not. Ask a question, leave a comment, whatever they want to do. And, and certainly if anyone wants to order a book, I will I'll help them to, to get one for sure. Okay, so for people stuck at home maybe and want to read about your amazing adventures during this crazy pandemic and can't get their hands on a Amazon delivery sale, they can just contact you through this Facebook page and get their hands on a book, correct? Absolutely, yes. And if they live in Taipei, I will hand deliver it to them and sign it if they like. Really? You'll hand deliver it? Yep, yeah, sure. Wow, okay. So tell me one last thing. What was your favorite part of the journey? The favorite part of my journey was probably uh, Hualien and Taidong. It's just so beautiful. It was a bit of a hassle to get there, but doing that Highway 11 section, and then uh, around Dulan, and then coming into Taidong City, and the beautiful beaches south of Taidong City. I would just say that, that the, the East Coast is so overwhelmingly beautiful. And, and then that area too was not too challenging. That I was just, I was just enjoying every minute. It was just, it was just a, a joy to be there. Wow, wow. And, and you currently reside in Taipei, correct? In Denshui, yes. Do you see yourself here for the foreseeable future? Probably, yeah. Uh, we're very comfortable and happy here, and um, I, we don't have any plans to leave. Um, and my wife is Taiwanese. For the time being, I'm happy just staying in Taiwan, working on my Chinese, and enjoying Taiwan. Wow. Well, John, it was amazing speaking with you. Well, thank you very much, Sheer. That's very kind of you to say. That's it for this week's episode of Taiwan Talk. I'd like to thank John Groot again for joining me. And don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode. As always, remember to take care of yourselves. I'm Sheree Felice.